beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. I'm Laura Tremaine, and I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves, and the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. Each episode has a prompt or a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to a friend, or share on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. I have been talking about mental health on the internet for more than a decade, banging the drum for us to share our stuff in the hopes that by doing so, we will all feel less lonely. I know that we have come so far in destigmatizing conversations about mental health, and I also know that we still have a long way to go. Today's guest, Amy Keller-Laird, is working hard to move us all along in normalizing and shaping the conversations around mental health. She created the website Mental, which is the first mental health lifestyle platform for women. In this conversation with Amy, we talk about why she created Mental, her own journey sharing her mental health struggles with anxiety and OCD, and common misconceptions and misdiagnoses women face with their mental health. She also shares great resources and even redefines beauty and lifestyle products as mental health management tools. You know that I loved talking about this. In addition to creating Mental, the first mental health lifestyle platform for women, which you can find by going to clubmental.com, Amy was the global editor-in-chief of Women's Health and the beauty director of Allure. Amy is a thought leader in wellness, mental health, and beauty, having appeared as an expert on Today, Good Morning America, The Doctors, and Entertainment Tonight. She has OCD, and she has been named a friend of NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, for her journalistic work in mental health. This is an important conversation with Amy Keller Laird. I know that you will take so much from it. Of course, I will link to everything that we talk about here in the show notes. Make sure that you check out her website, clubmental.com. And now to this bonus episode with my guest, Amy Keller Laird. 
Amy, welcome to 10 Things to Tell You. Thank you so much. I'm excited to chat. Yes, there's so much that we have to talk about today. For the listeners, can you just give us kind of a brief introduction to who you are and how you got here about all of the things that we are going to talk about mental health on this episode? Yeah, absolutely. I am a journalist. I've been a health journalist, a health and beauty journalist for about two decades. I was the editor-in-chief of Women's Health. I was the beauty director of Allure, worked at various other publications. I, you know, eventually oversaw eight digital health brands in the chronic health condition space, et cetera. I have led social media teams, et cetera. And last year I launched my own digital mental health property. It's called Mental at clubmental.com. And what it really is, is a mental health lifestyle site. Okay. Right. Because what you get, you know, usually in the mental health editorial space is kind of a binary between sort of the very serious, you know, mental health sites, which have tons of good information, symptom lists, et cetera, these types of things. Often they're from hospitals, the Mayo Clinic, the Cleveland Clinic, et cetera. And then you have sort of the general wellness media, which has done a lot of great stories in the recent past, particularly post-pandemic, but often it's not their complete focus, right? Like they're, they've got a lot of other a lot of other areas to focus on. And oftentimes mental health is kind of, you know, hidden under wellness or it's mindfulness or it's this thing. And it's not like you've got anxiety, you've got depression, you've got this, you've got that. So I wanted to bring the two together, right? Like where can I find a place where it's got the engaging visuals and the writerly tone of a, you know, women's media brand that would make people want to stay and find themselves in all these pages and these imagery. But it's also like deep in mental health and it really blends mental health with everyday life because nobody has mental health in a vacuum. I have OCD. Uh, This all started kind of when I started talking openly about my OCD when I was at Women's Health. We did a big story in 2016 back when, you know, kind of nobody was talking about it. It was like, uh uh-oh, you know, and even my own company was very concerned like, oh God, are you going to get another job? What's going to happen? Like nobody else can disclose because there's legal ramifications, all these things that were basically the reason to do the story. It pretty much went viral at the time. And I was talking about, you know, my OCD on the Today Show with Willie Geist and lighting the Empire State Building green and doing all the things. But anyway, I digress. So back to mental, right? It's like, you get there and, you know, I hope you see it and you're like, drawn in. It's warm. It's poppy. Dare I say it's even fun, right? It's like, let's talk about mental health in the context of just our everyday lives in the way that we're not just OCD or anxiety or bipolar or ADHD. It's like, how does ADHD line up with friendships? Like, what am I going to do when I'm bipolar and dating? Like eating disorders and how you, you know, deal with family situations. Everything's like interlocked. And also because I come from a beauty background, I really look at beauty and lifestyle products as mental health management tools, which I think we'll get into later. But, Mm -hmm. and I don't mean gratitude sweatshirt, not to knock those or a lavender candle, but like legit things that have been studied in, you know, scientific clinical studies to help you cope with an actual mental health condition and or have been recommended by people who have mental health conditions. And these are the things that help them get through the day, right? It's just like another take on a coping tool that you can use beyond medication and therapy and meditation or yoga or whatever it is you do. Mm -hmm. Okay. I love all that. And I agree with you that this site is definitely, it stands apart from other sites about mental health that sometimes can feel like ominous. Like you're on a site, like secretly researching what's going on with you. (laughs) But you know what I mean? It does. It feels like a medical site or it feels like 
not necessarily an article that you would share, a blog post type of thing you would share. And when I was on your site, Mental, I, I, you know, it felt like a lot of the other sort of websites that I browse in a good way of like, yeah. oh, this is just incorporating, like, it, it, I don't feel like I'm secretly browsing this. It, well, that's a really, that's a really interesting point because, right, like, I don't use black and white photos because uh, basically if you look at stock photography or some of these other, you know, places that cover mental health in a very clinical way, right? You get these sad, like black and white photos and the hands coming down in the rain and the fetal position. And that's not to say that like, hi, we don't cry or we might not be in fetal positions, but right. Like, I don't want this to scare people off. I want it to draw people in and make them feel like, right, this is normal, quote unquote normal, because I think mental health is normal. The stat that gets thrown around a lot is, and it's true, is one in five people are experiencing a mental health condition right now. But there's another stat from the CDC that 50% of people will have a mental health condition in their lifetime, 50%. So that's pretty normal. (laughs) And so I think the goal is to, I believe, like the next step in reducing stigma is to really normalize what's going on with people. Because I don't know about you, but like pretty much everyone I know has some something, you know, whether it be a diagnosed situation or they're just in a situational depression or anxiety spiking because of finances or whatever it is. Right. Like, and so those are all the stories we want to, we want to have. And you're right. Like I want it to be shareable. If you go to our social, it's very poppy. It's bright. It's colorful. There's a banana, you know, I mean, I don't know. My theory is oh, we're gonna talk- bananas. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about the banana. Don't you worry. Okay. We, you brought me 10 things today that we're going to walk through 10 things that we're going to talk about, but I do just want to circle back a bit to when you decided to share your own story in 2016 mm-hmm. in the magazine. Was that daunting to you? Did you decide to talk about it because you were trying to erase the stigma or because you just wanted to be able to share your own story? Like my whole messaging on the show and and in a whole book I wrote is sharing your stuff where I also talk about a lifelong part of my life is is living with anxiety. Yeah. I pulled my hair out when I was a child. I still do. I saw that there's articles on your site about that. Absolutely. So I believe in this share your stuff message, but what compelled you at sort of like a really great time in your career where it might have felt a little bit like a risk, you know, as you were saying that you wanted to insert yourself in and share that part of your story? Well, it's kind of funny because like, I I know a lot of people don't talk about it. I mean, like that is the fact, but for me, I was never like, that was just never a thing for me. I wasn't ever really hiding that I had OCD, like back in my allure days, like all, you know, everybody knew I had OCD. It was just a thing. I, what happened was all of these studies and stats were coming out at that time about the spike in women's anxiety and all of these mental health issues. And I was like, okay, we can do another story where we just list out the stats and it's sort of like you read it and then you go, oh God, and then it, you forget about it, right? It's like, or I was like, what if, what if, like I am the leader of this global health brand. And if maybe there's help in coming out and saying, I'm still thriving and like living my life and doing all the things. And I do deal with OCD and May, what if we showed all of these other women, stay-at-home moms, writers, journalists, doctors, this, that, whatever, um, and and their mental health conditions? Like, put it was at the time where like people didn't really see other people mm-hmm. attached to a mental health condition. 
Mm -hmm. right? It was like, if a celebrity came out, it was like massive news, right? And so it was like, let's just see like all these everyday people because there were lots of media stereotypes and from like old movies and one flew over the cuckoo's nest and all these, you know, things where you get this image of like, oh, they're in straight jackets in the, in the mental institute, right? And so we partnered with NAMI. So we talked with NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness and one of the biggest nonprofits around. And we did a partnership with them and did a survey asking our readers in their community about this. And the, that was the goal to really put a face to it and be like, okay, this could be you. This could be anyone in your life. It could be your mom. It could be your sister. It could be anyone. It's okay to talk about it, right? So it was really at that time, about busting the stigma around like who who has a mental illness right it's not this stereotypical person right it literally is everyone and so i don't know i didn't i I mean i always call myself a calculated risk taker generally as a journalist where when i feel like something's happening in the zeitgeist etc and then i get a little data behind it to prove out the point i'm like okay i'm gonna go for it like i I'm, i'm not i don't have a lot of fear like that and i guess that's true personally too Mm -hmm. I see that. Okay. So two things about that. One is, I I know this is 2016. So there's been a little bit of time between, Mm -hmm. you know, that story and now, but I also think as I was talking about this back then too, that people didn't see themselves as having mental health issues because the way it was presented was, Mm -hmm. was very debilitating. Now it can be debilitating. Of course it can, but people thought, well, I can't be depressed because I don't want to stay in bed all day or Or I can't have OCD because I don't wash my hands 50 times a day. Like they had only very specific ideas of what some of these mental health conditions looked like. And since they didn't see themselves in that particular description, they dismissed it. When I started talking about what some of my very specific anxiety symptoms were, I had so many women, especially like in a postpartum in the motherhood space, come forward and be like, I didn't know that that was anxiety. Like they had never been told that. Well, one specific one that I talked about was when I'm a little bit anxious, it's hard for me to complete a yawn. It's actually like hard for Mm. me to yawn. Mm -hmm. And I talked about that knowing then that that's like actually a medical thing. And people were like, oh, that happens to me where they're they're actually having trouble breathing. They're having. Yeah. But they wouldn't have ever called that anxiety or thought of themselves as an anxious person or thought that maybe they needed to stop down and really notice that particular symptoms because it's a it's maybe a small thing in their day. Anyway, sharing the specifics of that was hugely eye-opening when I said, because you can just say, oh, I struggle with anxiety, but you're, you don't say exactly what that looks like in your life. Totally. That, so that was a, a big thing. And then the other thing was, it's also not hard for me to talk about it. Like you were saying, you didn't, it wasn't like a hugely vulnerable thing yeah. for you. Those of us who we don't feel our own like internal stigma around it, it's fine for me to talk. <laughs> I don't feel judged by it. I don't feel any less smart. You know, I don't feel so those of us who have a personality type that feel fine to talk about it. I'm glad that we do, because for some people, it does have a lot of shame around it or they would just never share. And I'm like, well, I'll just share all day then because, Uh, yeah, I'm able to. And that's well, a super interesting points on that last part. Right. It's like. I also don't want to shame anyone who's not sharing because probably and I hate to say this, but the quote unquote, socially acceptable mental disorders are OCD and anxiety. And so if I had bipolar or borderline personality disorder, would I have done the same thing? I I don't know. Right. I mean, I also talk about having postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, et cetera, but 
I don't know. And those are the ones that got shown also in mainstream media more, right? So there's that question. But then secondly, to the part about the very specific things that come with a mental health condition that people don't recognize. I think this is sadly one of the downfalls of all the symptom lists, et cetera, that are basically based on the DSM, right? The DSM, as you well know, is the guidebook of all mental health conditions that practitioners use to diagnose. But the way it manifests in everyday life is not always found within those eight symptoms of depression, right? It's like depression can show up as irritability, right? You can just be so irritable, right? or, Or, right, it can be the classic, like, I'm crying all the time, or I'm in my bed and I can't get out. I mean, OCD, I do happen to have a contamination OCD, wash my hands 100 times a day, but it also, I also have intrusive thoughts, something that I've recently found out is called real event OCD, where you you have a guilt complex around things that happened like 10 years ago. I had never, I've been doing this for 20 years and I had never connected guilt and OCD. Mm. So even to this day, I think those kind of stories where people really, that that's the power of the storytelling of, of individual people's situations, because while they might differ from other people, someone else might go, Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, I have da, 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 and da. those things mm-hmm. that weren't listed over there, you know, in the, in the technical diagnostic criteria. So on mental, we have a series called the pill diaries where, I mean, this is like people being real brave, right? They're, they're like talking about the medications they take, what happened, their journey along the path to find a psychiatrist who would believe them, quote unquote. Mm. you know, it's like, and, and then talking about, they thought they had depression, then they found out they had bipolar, but then they found out they had ADHD. But you know, it's like this whole thing, right? That's the other thing mental health conditions overlap a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So they do get misdiagnosed as well. I mean, this could go on. We could talk about this forever, right? A lot of women who now are getting ADHD diagnoses, and this is all over TikTok, were diagnosed with either nothing or anxiety as a child, because at the time, ADHD was like the boy, the boy disorder, right? Mm -hmm. It was hyperactive, where like ADHD can show up very inattentive, like you're the you're the girl who's like in class, like not focusing or daydreaming. Doctors didn't even know that back then. So I guess to that point, we're still while it feels like we've made a long strides, like the pandemic kind of opened up people talking about mental health a lot more than they did back then. It's still kind of tip of the surface, right? With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating and, yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com and use code U, Y-O-U. 
Y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind, and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across Two Dots, and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download, puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five thousand distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook, as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax, but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. Yeah, there's still a lot that we're uncovering. So I want to look, you sent me some 10 things, which I love it. I'm leaning into the 10 things to tell you of this show. Number one was you wanted to talk about why you created mental, which I think think we did do that. that. Number two, I really want to hear this from you. Your theory of radically redefining beauty and lifestyle products as mental health management tools. I saw that and I was like, please say more about that. (laughs) Right. So uh, this kind of idea kind of came to me when I was thinking about how I use products, right? Like, again, because I do have the contamination form of OCD. I like when I'm traveling, I can't have my shoes touching my clothes. I I need the good shoe bag or else I'm going to like freak out. So like, okay, what's the best shoe bag? And what's the coolest shoe bag? Because I don't want the medical looking thing, right? Then I had a friend tell me she has trichotillomania, which is hair pulling disorder, as you were mentioning before. She has always worn turbans, like super chic turbans. And I was like, I thought you just wore turbans because you're cool. And she was like, no, this is like the best thing for covering the bald spots from Trick. And I was like, oh, okay. And then another woman, a friend who has bipolar disorder, told me she bought the same Everlane turtleneck in eight colors to just have it hanging in her closet because she can dress it up. She can dress it down. She always knows it's there. It cuts down on the decision-making in the morning. So it's like, A, those kind of lifestyle things or like, Hello, I will never stop talking about CoverGirl's Lash Blast Mascara because it is the easiest one to use. It is the fastest one to use. If you literally have like no motivation, you can't get up, you're depressed. I mean, I'm not, there's no solve. It's not curing depression. Like I'm very clear to say that. But you're like, I have to like go to this thing. I cannot deal with like, you know, like use that. So it's like these little kind of things like that. But then there are also, when you're digging through the clinical materials of studies, we found this study and it showed that blue light blocking glasses can help reduce mania symptoms in bipolar disorder. And that was like a, oh oh, oh my God moment because, right? It's like, if you have bipolar, you're taking medication, you're going to therapy. Okay. Like literally you can cut down your mania symptoms by whatever percent it was by just like adding a blue light filter to your glasses or your sunglasses. That's kind of like an amazing thing. Right. And then what are the coolest ones, right? Because again, like why does everything have to be medical and sterile just because you have a mental health condition? Again, that mm-hmm. kind of brings back my whole theory. So we did launch these Best of Mental Health Awards in December. And it was, we talked to 17 experts. There's over 60 clinical studies involved. It is not a list of just like, 
rub this on and you'll feel good because your face is cooling and calm. I mean, even though like, please, if that works for you, 100% love it. Beauty is a great self-care ritual and therapists mm-hmm. talk about it all the time. But it, it does, it goes through things like that and it's categorized in ways that people who have mental health conditions, I think, you know, can, can find something for themselves. For example, there's a category called it's my meds, right? There's all these side effects of mental health medications, which, you know, dry eye, dry mouth, dry skin, decreased libido, all these things. And so then it, it kind of goes through those. And it's like, what are the things that are going to help you, right? Guess what? There's this like amazing mask that I've used before for my eyes when they were like so dried eyed out, right? You just put in the microwave, you put it on, you like lay there and it's like cathartically tears come out. So like, (laughs) it's like kind of amazing. But of course we talk to ophthalmologists. So everything is based in science and data, but then weaving in that, like, what's the lifestyle thing that could help me, right? Mm -hmm. So I love reframing these things as like little hacks or positives to sort of get through your mental health day instead of it being tied to productivity, right? So like a lot of times we um, totally we have these life hacks or whatever, like to make you <laughs> better, faster, whatever. Yep. So I love reframing that as being, as being like, no, this will actually help you maybe feel a little better. Yeah, it's like coping. It's just like they're like daily copes, right? Yes. It's like how to deal, right? And I mean, the productivity thing, don't get me started. I mean, as a type A person. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing for me too, which kind of ties back to what you said earlier about anxiety being one of the more quote unquote acceptable mental health conditions because you can almost like tie it to it being an achiever or yeah. a, a, very, a highly productive person like, oh, they have anxiety too. Oh, well, well, like bonus for them, I guess that it motivates them to get things done instead of seeing it as like, this is actually really debilitating or distracting or disruptive in their life, this constant striving or this constant motivation or whatever. But to this piece, I'm really going to be thinking about this because sort of making coping skills stylish mm-hmm. or beyond helpful, they're they're more just like a fun way to interact with your coping skills is like, that's like so genius to me. It's, it's also like, A, you probably own half of these things, right? Like you own mascara or you own this thing or you own whatever. I mean, I recently made a a, a TikTok about like, and this is like a little dorky, but like, I really was thinking it when I was putting it on. Like I always do black eyeliner in the lower inner rims that like, that's my hat thing because I find it really hard, even though I was a beauty editor for 11 years to line my upper lashes. It's like really a tricky skill. As I'm making the vid, the video was basically like, you can mentally think when you're putting on eyeliner, I'm going to define myself with my freaking eyeliner instead of as my mental health condition. And like, while that's like a little dorksville, it's one of those ways of like self positive self-talk without just being like, you are worthy, you know, like, which no, no shame to that. It's just, those don't work for me as well. So I'm trying to find other ways of incorporating this things I like to do. I like putting on black eyeliner. I like how it looks when I have it on and I can use it to like create a mental hack in my mind all the better. And again, I think when you present everyday items like blue light glasses from Warby Parker or, you know, whatever it is, like Urban Decay's 24-7 liner, it starts to normalize mental health. And I just think that's the next, that's the next frontier that like, how can we expand the toolbox, so to say, if you're not like, I'm going to go meditate or like, like just Mm -hmm. everyone doesn't have the same 
doesn't get the same benefits from the same thing. So for one person, if meditation's working or yoga's working or breathing's working, another person like this particular weighted blanket in this bright color is working. I literally just did a story about mental about weighted blankets in non-mental illness gray. I don't know if you saw this tweet. It went viral like two years ago. It was like, how come weighted blankets are all in mental illness gray? And it was like, you're so right. They're all this pale gray that looks like you're like in the hospital. So I just published a story that was like, here's 16 options from like a bright magenta that reminds me of an Yves Saint Laurent lipstick to like a pattern that has corgis on it to like this boho chic thing that I think Kate Hudson would use. Like, so it, again, it's just, it's just like rethinking how we present these things. I think, you know, to make people, to bring people in because people are online searching for mental health information, yeah. like studies show that. And so I want them to get here and not be scared. Like you said, not be like, shame or like I'm scared or like this this making me worse but be like oh it's me yeah I love it and speaking of coping goes to your number three which is during the month of May you can get a daily cope on mental's Instagram which is at club underscore mental y'all link all of this in the show notes too so you can go right to it but Tell me about what you're doing in May. Yeah. I mean, so, right, my our little slogan is because life is bananas. Bananas because we try not to say the word crazy, even though I've, I've loosened because I think I can refer to situations as crazy. I don't refer to human beings as crazy, um, which used to be the word that was bandied about. I mean, it's so in our vernacular, it's hard not to say it. Anyway, life is bananas. And also I have a theory that the banana is very like, it's really interesting if you think about the banana. I'm such an editorial person here making this metaphor, but like, it's a very bright, cheerful thing, right? But like, then it gets spotted like a human and then it makes banana bread. It makes the best banana bread when it's like a brown decaying thing. So it's kind of like, hey, we're all these things and everything's worthy. So anyway, I asked a bunch of people in the wellness world, beauty founders who have a, a connection to mental health, psychologists, psychiatrists, et cetera, like what do they do on their most bananas day, right? Like, what is their instant calm? Again, none of this is like solving your depression, but it's sort of like their instant tips and tricks that they employ in those moments where it's just like nervous system flooding. And so there's a lot of interesting things in there that um, they're sharing on what they do. Okay, I can't wait to check all of those out. I love that. Mm-hmm. Number four, we're going to get back to the bananas. <laughs> you it, you recently launched your first product. Please yeah. describe this banana product I need to know. Here's this banana. It's a little sticker, right? I've got it on my phone. Here it is. Cute. There's a company called Calm Strips. And I was introduced to them by someone else I know um, who has several mental health conditions and uses them. They're tactile. So like they, they are like a sensory tool, first of all. Like you can use them when you have nervous energy. They have different kinds of um, textures depending on what you like best. So this is something like, right, if you have anxiety or ADHD or something and you need to be doing something else with your fingers or your nervous energy in order to focus on your task at hand, right? So A, there's the sensory experience. But on it, on this little banana, A, it says, when life is bananas, remember to breathe. Okay. And it's got a little breathing, inhale, exhale. So you can like drag your finger along this. And I am like a person who was never into these breathing exercises. Like if you say to me, just breathe, I will like want to karate chop you. And I actually (laughs) took karate. I am a green belt and I would be a black belt except it closed down during COVID. (laughs) So 
what I, this is just like making it like kind of like palatable a for me and b i actually have started doing it because it's also on my laptop i mean i have this thing everywhere i'm like i, I just like rub it through the day rub it i mean right like I'm, I'm like tracing my finger along it through the day and i'm actually doing doing like okay two counts in on the inhale two counts in, you know uh, so it's a cute way to be able to like release your nervous energy and and remind yourself to breathe. So, and a portion of the proceeds go to this really cool mental health advocacy organization called Made of Millions that if you want to like really deep dive into like what OCD is about, you watch them on TikTok. They make really great videos that are not like a slog, like they're they're funny, they're TikTok-y, but like they get the point across, like here's what it means. So, so there are there are charitable partner and you get them at calmstrips.com. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com, and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. Oh, man, I love that so much. Okay, number five of your 10 things to share with us is that there is a particular type of angst and depression that occurs when you get laid off by Zoom during these work from home times. I'm an independent worker, you know, so I have not experienced this and I actually haven't even heard people talk about this much. So can you tell us? Yeah, and we published this story in October of last year, right as like mass layoffs were starting and it's like become all the more relevant sadly like every time I go on LinkedIn there's like so and so did a layoff this person did a layoff like tech layoffs are out of control and I personally was laid off while I was working home over Zoom from my last corporate job in a restructure of the company got a new CEO and so I had felt it personally and I was seeing it happen all across multiple industries from the media industry again to the tech industry to all these places and I was like this is like a weird way to be laid off. And, it, and so we talked to psychologists and they were like, yes, A, what happens in these layoffs all the time, and I'm speaking generally, is A, it's over Zoom. So it's digital at first, and then you get off Zoom and you're cut off from Slack in a lot of the cases. Wow. And so immediately, because we're working this way now, right? It's not like, oh, you have three days in the office now, you know, clean out your stuff. Like, no, it's like, immediately because everything's digital it's like people are getting cut off immediately and so Mm. you're not even having that closure thing with like your colleagues and then you're working from home so your home is your work so I wake up the next day in my work without a job 
Right. And it's like this very weird storm of all these elements coming together. Like it's hard enough when people get laid off, right? It's shown that people without employment or underemployment do have a higher risk of depression. And what the experts that we talked to for the story were saying is like, this like makes like the loneliness of this adds on to that because you're literally there alone and you're like, what do I do? You're staring at this screen that you used to have like back-to-back Zooms and now you have nothing. And so the piece goes through, you know, the kind of the ways to deal and really is a piece to be like, hey, if this is, if you're like feeling particularly down because of this, it's totally normal because this is not a normal situation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think it's, these are tough times. And work from home comes with many, many positives, but the connections of being in person. And then, you know, when we were working from home, the little connection we had was this digital connection. And then you're like immediately cut off. It's just, it's just not normal for humans to deal with that switch immediately. Yeah. I didn't even think about the aspect of having some kind of closure, you know, even if it's sad that you have to pack up your desk or whatever, that's a ritual that is part of the ending of something. But yep. if it ends just on your laptop and then you go to bed in the same place and you wake up in the same place. It's really hard to separate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so real. Okay. Number six is, and I've seen a lot about this online recently, so I'm glad to get to talk about it. Number six is women get misdiagnosed in the mental health world a lot, particularly on the ADHD front, and that there are often misdiagnoses between ADHD and bipolar. Can you just explain to us a little bit about what to look out for there, that it's not just a blanket, it's not a blanket set of symptoms or something, that there might be some differences we can look for? Yeah, absolutely. And we have this story on our site, but like there are some overlapping symptoms between ADHD and particularly bipolar 2, which is where you have a lesser form of mania called hypomania. Both involve can involve depression and both can involve lack of focus. Now, the way to tell it apart is when you have ADHD, the lack of focus and like these like if you have low grade depression or this kind of thing, it's like always there. It's just part of the ADHD. The bipolar, it's cyclical, right? So you wouldn't have it at all times. I mean, these are like subtle differences, but like these are the differences. So you have to, you know, kind of like look at it through that lens. We had a woman who has both of them write this story because she was having a hard time getting people believing her that she had both of them. Mm. Okay, here's another way that you can sort of tell the difference. ADHD is typically, I mean, ADHD always starts in childhood, whether it was diagnosed later or not. And so you kind of have to be working with a psychologist or a mental health professional to figure out, okay, was this something that onset was like in my teen years or was onset now? Because the typical age of onset of bipolar two is 25. So ADHD always started younger, whether or not you know. But like, how would you know any of this? You really have to work with a professional to set out that timeline to be like, oh, you know what? It started then. So, okay, maybe it's not bipolar. Maybe it's ADHD. I mean, these are these are like really hard things to, to figure this out, you know, but those are the main things, right? Like, is it a persistent condition at all times or is it sparked by something? If you have low attention, right? You have lack of focus, which can be present in both of these stores. Again, with ADHD, it's almost always there. Mm-hmm. With bipolar, it, ha- it comes on in an episode. Well, to me, it's just helpful for women in particular to know that 
a diagnosis might need further investigation sometimes and that there can be some confusion or some crossover in all of these conditions. And 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 I think the thing to remember is like, if you feel, if you keep feeling like this isn't right, they didn't get it right. Just because they're a doctor doesn't mean they got it right. Like, and I don't want to throw doctors under the bus. They are like overworked and there aren't enough of them. And they're particularly not enough mental health professionals. We live in mental health deserts now, but you keep going, like, you know, keep going because that's a lot of the stories I've heard from women who had the wrong diagnoses. And once they got the right diagnoses, it was like both mentally, it was like, oh, oh my God, that's why. I think it really provided some kind of like catharsis for that. And then also you get on the right medication because yeah. it's a very different medication thing depending on what your disorder is. Right. Okay. Your number seven, you already mentioned, but I'm going to say it again because I tried this and it didn't necessarily work for me, but I have mm-hmm. a kiddo who just asked for it. Weighted blankets. Mm. I don't know why it didn't necessarily work for me. Maybe I had the wrong weight. <laughs> well, A... That is one. That is that is true. You you are supposed to get one that's ten percent of your body weight, and if you can, if you're like, should I go higher or lower? You should go higher if you can handle it, if you're comfortable, because the the higher the better to get the benefits. I mean, don't smother yourself. At the same time, it's also like it's again one of those things where it's like maybe it's just not going to work for you, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like every single thing. And I think there's a lot going on now where like you see influencers doing X, Y, Z, and you're like, why does that work for me? And then you shame yourself more to be like, I suck. I can't even like get relief from the thing that everybody loves. But for a lot of people, weighted blankets do help. I actually did a deep dive into the, into the data on weighted blankets recently. Cause I was looking for those non-mental illness gray blankets. And Look, you will read all over the place. You'll, you'll, you'll read like weighted blankets help with reducing cortisol and anxiety and all of this stuff. And really like the predominant studies that show that, that like what a weighted blanket does is it uses this thing called deep touch pressure or deep pressure touch, right? Where like it's regulating your nervous system. Most of the studies that were originally done on that were done using massage therapy hmm. because deep massage therapy is deep pressure touch. Maybe I'm getting too in the weeds here. Weighted blankets though... There was a study, there was a small study, 12 people who were basically covered with like a giant mattress or something, which basically can approximate a weighted blanket, and it did reduce anxiety. Anyway, there is data, and doctors do believe that weighted blankets do reduce anxiety and also can help with emotional dysregulation, right? Because as one psychiatrist put it to me, it's like, you're literally under the physiological weight of something. You cannot respond to other distracting stimuli by virtue of the factor under it. So another reason it maybe didn't work for you, and I don't know, I'm just throwing this out there, is, and I don't know how this is like realistic because no one's going to buy like five weighted blankets in different weights. But everywhere I read, it would be like, first use a lower weight so you can get used to it, then work up to it. It's like, well, again, I'm not going to buy 20 different weighted blankets, but maybe it's titrating yourself up. Uh, by, (laughs) By using it like a couple nights and then not, and then again, and then I don't know. I also think there is the opposite of a placebo effect in that I thought it was going to be magic or something. And having had anxiety my whole life and tried a lot of different coping skills, none of this of that part is new to me. Whereas I think for some people, they're trying something new for the first time and it does really make a difference that they notice. But I've tried a lot of things over the years. And so I think I was expecting, but this is going to be the thing, you know? And then I was like, I don't get it. This is not the thing. This is a blanket. That's a really interesting point. When we did the Best of Mental Health Awards, one of our experts said, the key 
to these things is having realistic expectations of what they're going to do because otherwise you set yourself up for being like, ah, just like you said, I thought this was going to be the answer. And like the realistic expectations being like, okay, this could help, right? This could like tamp it down a little bit, but probably it's not going to be a magic bullet. So yeah. I mean, we'll link out to your, the article of the cute weighted blankets that you found. Number eight. Oh, this is exciting because it's my favorite topic. You have been listening to audiobooks lately oh, because I love this because OCD can make it hard to read books without sort of rereading the page over and over. So I'm a big reader. We talk about books a lot on this show. So yeah. tell me more about that. But I'm actually not a big audiobook reader until the last couple of years. So I want to hear your experience with that. Well, I was always like a major reader growing up and I hadn't been reading very much like over the last decade. And I always would be like, well, it's because I work as an editor and I'm constantly reading and editing and this and that. And then I was just like, or is it because every time I try to pick up the book, I reread the page 80 times. I reread the sentence. I'm like, did I get that right? Oh, then I have to turn back to the page and be like, wait, who's that person they just referenced? And then I'm like back in like 20 pages back in and then I get back and then I don't know what's going on. And, I, and it was like, becoming really not pleasurable to read. My boyfriend lives in Pennsylvania and I live in New York. So I started audiobooking on the way there. Just, I was like, okay, I'll try this. It's like new books on tape, I guess. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And I was like, oh my God, I'm reading again. And it was amazing. And so now I'm like always audiobooking. I love it because it's sort of like, A, I can't turn back. And B, I don't allow myself. I'm just like, it's just going, it's flowing. It, you know, like the book's moving on, it's fine. And I think it's like a really interesting way for people who have trouble with focus that way. I mean, of course, you still have to listen, you know, and if you find your mind wandering, which I have recently. So if you get a really gripping book, though, like uh, the book, the book I started with was Amy O'Dell's Anna, which is about Anna Wintour. It's like a biography of Anna Wintour for any fashion people out there. And in A, the journalism was like impeccable, like the detail level, the analyzing of all these different pieces coming together because it was not an interview with Anna Wintour. And secondly, if you're in this industry, it was just, it was fascinating. And so that that's the book that started. Do you just sit and listen or do you like play a game on your phone while you're listening? Do you do some, are you walking while you're listening? I really only do it while I'm driving. And that probably, I've, I'm not sure I would be able to do it sitting there I would probably have to be playing some kind of Candy Crush or I'm always in Roblox now because I have kids of that age. So like mm -hmm. I'm an early adult Roblox adopter, if anyone knows what that is. But yeah, because I think I might get antsy not having the, the, the page to turn. I, I don't know if that's true for other people. No, when I listen to audiobooks or even like longer form podcasts, I have to be multitasking. I have to be driving or putting my makeup on or if I am just sitting there like on an airplane or something. I play games on my phone while I listen. Yeah. But I will say a little bit opposite to what you were saying about having to read the page 800 times. I, for me, reading like a traditional book, I mostly read on my Kindle, but but physically reading yeah. something is like what we were saying for weighted blankets. For me, it is a way to, because I can focus on just that. Mm -hmm. It is a way that I can't be distracted by other things. It mm. is a relief to me to just read probably because I've never waned out of that habit yeah. even from childhood. And so I stay, like my brain has stayed in that groove of, okay, when I'm reading, that is when the rest of the world goes silent for me. And it's one of the only times the rest of the world goes silent for me. And so it's it, like it, a that's relief. Really, well, there, were, there was a study, sorry, I'm all about studies. There was a yeah. study that looked at 
multiple methods of like classic relaxation and reading for six minutes was like a cortisol reducer better than walking, having tea, you know, some of these other classic things. So like there really is power in like calming the nervous system through reading. Yeah. It, it, it forces focus for mm-hmm. me because you have to focus to be reading something on a page in a way that I don't like, I, I, I have no other forced focus. If I'm online, I have 50 tabs open. Yeah, if I'm talking totally. to someone, my brain is thinking about what to say next or whatever. You know what I mean? The only time I have quiet and forced focus is when I'm reading. And so it, I do it multiple times a day. I set a timer for 20 minutes. Mm. So I'm reading about an hour a day idea. because I do that three times. <laughs> and it is it is relaxation for me. So I love to talk about reading. Okay, number nine. Here we are. You say, if you are struggling with mental health, you certainly are not alone, which I think we've really conveyed here. And you share some of your favorite interviews on the site that um, that you want to point people to just so that they can feel a little bit less like isolated in their struggle. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a, there are two sections on the site that have sort of like real people interviews, right? There are things labeled interviews. And then there's a section called My Good Day Face, which um, is kind of the idea of and only if you believe in this or, you know, it works for you, but uh, the makeup and the skincare that people use to deal with, you know, crappy days, whether they have a diagnosis or not. And it's a mixture of people like from beauty editors to singers to this to that. You know, I interviewed Jewel and she talked about this thing she uses called antidote thinking. I recently interviewed this woman, Milk, M-I-L-C-K, who rose to fame during the 2017 women's movement because someone discovered her singing at the at the movement and like it went viral the next night and she got signed by Atlantic. But anyway, she talks super openly about sexual abuse, having an eating disorder, the way she mm. heals using energy medicine, etc. You know, I also interviewed recently someone named Brianna Pastor who has a new book called Good Grief. She was like a social media poet that I kind of just happened upon, but like her posts were never these like platitudes, you know, you see a lot of just like yeah, exactly where you need to be and I'm like you know, like stop saying that. So like she, her stuff always stood out to me because it was like real, kind of super real. And she talked about, you know, generational trauma and how she's trying to break that. And so I think these stories, it's interesting because you get to see all sides of them, right? You get to see like their career or their family or this, but like they were in these dark moments and like what they did and what worked for them. And, you know, I, I recently found another study that showed that like storytelling can like reduce blood pressure. Like when you hear someone else's story, I think we all know this, but like there's a study proving it that like somehow it like helps us feel like, okay, they got through it. Well, connection does that. When you feel connection, when you feel seen, when you feel a sense of belonging, those aren't interchangeable words, but the emotions can be similar of like when you see yourself in a story, all the different ways that storytelling can make you feel connected in some way to like the world, the universe, whatever. I mean, I'm super passionate about that. I believe that completely. So that's a section on the site I want to check out for sure. And then number 10, I love that we are ending with this one. (laughs) Number 10, you can use astrology to boost your mental health. Ready, go. I got to hear all the things. Well, this one came from like, because I'm making all the TikToks and everybody like this, like a month ago, everybody was making the TikToks being like, am I, I always thought I was just an asshole. And then my therapist told me, no, I have, you know, OCD or whatever it was. Everyone was making these memes around astrology and mental health. And so I was like, I wonder 
What is, is there a connection? And would psychologists laugh me out of the room if I asked that? And so we did a story where we interviewed psychologists and I was surprised to find out they were like, you know what? Astrology is a great sort of gateway into talking about mental health because you go to an astrologist or you look at your horoscope or whatever, and you start thinking about the inner you and the inner world and examining what's going on with you. Of course, what they said was then you have to go the next step. Once you realize certain things about yourself in astrology, then you got to go to therapy and do the work. And we interviewed, you know, sort of a famous astrologer who said she actually works with psychologists um, with patients consent, of course, but like to bring it all together and that she has found people will are sometimes more able to accept something about themselves when it's comes up in astrology than when it is like a medical diagnosis. So it's just a really interesting, I think another thing that gets glommed over is like, haha, it's just a joke. And like, please, like it's not diagnostic. Mm -hmm. But if like, that's your way in, if that's the way that you're going to be like, all right, wait, let me talk about myself. Let me think about myself. And then you start going down a new line of thinking and then you're like ready and willing to do the work and you go to therapy. It's like, that that brought you to therapy. So yeah. it's it's not worth it's it, we don't need to skip over it, you know? You can use it. In my particular corner of the internet, I see this more with very popular personality tests, personality mm -hmm. profiles that I have seen people feel like it's really hard for them to just say I have this weakness or whatever. Yeah. It's easier for them to say I'm personality type nine or I'm an ISFJ or I am whatever, because totally. this has sort of defined what my general tendencies are, what my motivations are. It is easier for them to look at it through sort of this structured framework that someone else has kind of put together than just to start from scratch with your own stuff, which is, I mean, that's, that's a heavy lift for any of us, but you know what I mean? To sort of yeah. look at it through the lens of, astrology, personality tests, whatever, to be like, oh, okay, this explains something about myself. Totally. Yeah. That may or may not be tied to the stars or may or may not be tied to how you answered a question on a quiz. It, it doesn't really matter how you get there if it's letting you do like the inward work. Exactly. And I think people like brush those things aside and say like, oh, floof, you know? And of course, like if you're using that, that's your only route to like, you know, therapy or mental health treatment. Sure. But I've had those personality tests <laughs> that I took at the various workplaces and I'd be like, my God, this is like on point. Right. And it does get you thinking. And at first you'll be like, oh, I'm not that. And then you're like, you know, <laughs> yes. okay, yes. I need to work on that. And like, look, this isn't to say that like every single thing you talk about or see in astrology means you have a mental health condition. Like, let's not go there. Right. We also, right. We see a lot of this, like everybody's got, you know, inner child problems now. And it's like, well, you know, maybe not, yeah. but whatever. But again, I think it's just another way of like using these things that we be, we're used to and we feel comfortable doing to help us get down the road of, of, yeah. of figuring out what's going on in our mental health. Yeah. And doesn't feel like something we made up ourselves. Whatever you know, inner child work or um, like we're saying, all personality tests, whatever it is, whatever sort of strikes a chord in you because it rings true or it it makes sense or it's a certain tone or style or something that makes you be like, oh, that makes me want to think more about it or investigate it more yeah. in myself or whatever. Like I'm, I'm all for that. I really am. Absolutely. I mean, it really, it really, anything that, anything that gets you thinking and talking about it, I think is worthwhile. 
I've loved this conversation. Will you remind the listeners where they can go to see your site, to follow you or, or follow Mental on Instagram, all the things so that we make sure. And of course, everyone, remember, we will put this in the show notes as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we are at clubmental.com for the site. On Instagram, we're club underscore mental. And every other social platform, TikTok, LinkedIn, blah, 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 we're just club mental. Wonderful. I can't wait for everyone to go check it out. Thank you for this wonderful conversation with us today, Amy. Thank you. It was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. You've just listened to an episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. For show notes and links, go to 10thingstotellyou.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. And you can also join our free connection group on Facebook to discuss episodes and topics. For bonus content, ad-free episodes, and monthly Zoom gatherings with me, join my Secret Stuff Patreon community by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. Thanks for listening.